Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. Hold on to your pants, it's time for a special episode. Welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop. Steve here with a look back at an older game, Mechs vs. Minions. I'll be doing a review of this, and I'm focusing on this because I've been playing with my son. I'd like to talk about how that experience has been trying to play a big game like this with a four-year-old. And that will be our design discussion as well. For this episode, it will mostly just be me, but I will have a special guest on later, but I'll leave that to you a surprise. But first, before jumping to Mechs vs. Minions, I'd like to thank our Patreon supporters, Torgaira Tiong and Ronan Dexer. Torgaira is a co-op lover, and Ronan is a MVP. Thank you and the rest of our Patreon supporters for your support, and it really means a lot to us. Without further ado, let's jump into Mechs vs. Minions. Mechs vs. Minions is a 1-4 player programming game designed by Riot Games. If you're familiar with video games, you are probably aware of Riot, as they make big games like League of Legends. They decided they wanted to dabble in board game, and to my knowledge, this is the only board game they have created. In Mechs vs. Minions, you are playing as four mechs trying to, well, fight a bunch of minions on the board. And you'll be manning one of these mechs to run around the board, stomping on minions, burning them one with flamethrowers and shooting with lightning, all sorts of fun stuff like that, trying to complete different scenarios. As you destroy these minions, more will spawn, and you will eventually start leveling up in the game to unlock different abilities while you try to do different uh, variety of different objectives. Some objectives could be something like moving a explosive bomb from one point to another. Another one could be racing to the end. Another one, there might be a big boss you have to fight. How the game works, works in three phases. The first phase, you will be drafting cards. So you flip over five cards and we'll go around the table, take turns to placing one of these cards into your programming slots. Each player has a board with six slots, which they can place cards in. And you will be executing these slots from left to right, from lowest to highest. One interesting about this is you can actually take cards of the same type, and there are four types in the game. There's fire cards, electric cards, metal cards, and computery cards. And you'll be able to stack cards of the same type on top of each other to a maximum of three. Each time you put cards on top of each other, you'll be able to increase the power of that card each time. So if you have a stack of three, the most powerful, you tend to have some pretty awesome effects. Meanwhile, when you do take damage, you'll draw a card from a damage deck, and they could be something that would replace a slot in your programming line, or it could be a one-time effect or something else. After players run through their turns, you will be moving on to minion phase. Minions will uh, move, spawn, and then try to do damage to you if they're adjacent to you. And then you move on to the danger phase, which can have various effects depending on the scenario. So that's a real quick description of how Mechs vs. Minions plays. Let's talk about the review. For reviews, we like to do a top five things you need to know about the game format. If you're first time listening, what that means is we'll talk about the five most important things, with five being the least important, and working our way all the way to number one being the most important thing. Along the way, we'll list if each point is a pro or con for us. So I'll jump into my number five, and that is scenarios are varied. This is a pro, a big pro for me. The game is not a legacy game, but you do have envelopes to open, and while these envelopes do provide additional content and give you mission details for the next mission, there's nothing that you destroy, well, other than the envelope itself. So if you want to, you can totally replay this game after opening all of the envelopes. But it's really cool because as you open these envelopes, you see the, the next map and the, what the next scenario goals are. And they are pretty varied. I feel like every time I play this game, if I 
take a while to try and beat a scenario because it's particularly challenging or for whatever reason, I'm happy to move on to the next one because the next one doesn't feel like the same thing. Normally, if I'm racing to the end, next time I might be moving a bomb, next time I might be fighting a boss or something. It always feels fresh. And there's always a different spin on the scenarios as well. And the scenarios do build on each other. So as you learn how different mechanics and elements work, they will comp compound and you tend to get some pretty complex interactions towards the end of the game. The other thing I like a lot about this is the Doom Tracker. So one thing about this game is you have another board that keeps track of all the minions you destroy and will help unlock different abilities as you destroy more and more minions. It also keeps track of something called the Doom Tracker, which is a multi-use tracker. All this is just a simple 1 to 15 counter. And this number could represent lots of different things depending on the scenario. Could represent something like your base health, or the boss's health, or maybe the bomb's structural integrity. And I really like how they did that. So they're just taking these, I don't know, the generic components and being able to reuse them in different ways and really bring some life into these scenarios. I'm a big fan of that. Moving on to my number four, I really like how the, the handle damage in this game. It's a big pro for me. Damage is impactful, meaning that when I do draw a damage card, it's going to mess with me for sure. I want to avoid getting it. But the thing I really like about it, it will never remove someone from the game. Because oftentimes, like I said in the description, Damage could just replace a programming slot, or it could just swap two slots of yours that you don't want to do, but you have to do it, or some other one-time effect. But the nice thing about it is you can literally have a mech that's fully damaged, and it's still doing stuff. Now, granted, it's not doing anything you want to do because it's going to be turning on its own and moving in random directions, all sorts of chaos, but you'll be stomping on minions and driving over them, and all sorts of fun stuff. That could, it could still be fun. And I really like how... Like I said before, the damage, it's impactful, but you are never eliminated from the game. All players are actively engaged. Big fan of that. So that's two pros in a row. My number three is a con, and that is the map design. I feel like the map designs are good overall, but I feel like they were balanced for four players. If you play with less than four mechs at a time, some maps will be fine. Others will be particularly challenging depending on the map setup if you're playing less than four. And generally that's a problem on certain maps where there are a lot of different branching areas and you can start in certain areas, but it takes a long while to traverse across the map. And because it's a programming game, it's not always easy to do that because, you know, you might get damaged, you might get the right card, it takes a while to build up that speed, and who knows what else happens. There's always some chaos that happens in programming games. So sometimes it makes it hard to cover that big area with less mechs. And there's really not a good way of managing that in the game. The game does have player scaling in the sense that when you do draft cards, if you're playing less than four mechs, you will be getting more than one card each, which is nice. So you do essentially uh, program or level up your powers of your mech with playing with less. So you, so you tend to have a stronger mech, but in my experience, that doesn't really counteract the need of having four mechs on certain maps. But like I said before, not all maps have this problem. I've had this, I have noticed on certain ones, but that's definitely a con. Number two, bang for your buck. This is a big pro, and I wouldn't be talking about Mechs vs. Minions without talking about this. I don't think there's another board game out there that will give you more for your dollar than this game. It is only $75, and you get a huge box with every miniature that comes painted. Well, I should say that, that the mechs you play with are fully painted, and there is a boss that's fully painted as well. And all the other minions, they have a wash to them. So 
while it's not a complete paint, it, there's something to them. And that is huge. And not only that, they have custom trays for everything. So all these minions have a specific spot for them, all the mechs and the bosses too. And the really nice thing I like about these trays is they're designed in such a way that so all these different sculpts of the minions, because the minions have different sculpts. It doesn't mean anything mechanically in the game, but it's cool they have different sculpts. But they can be placed in literally any spot on in these trays. So you don't have to worry about having the right menu in the right spot. You just have an open spot, you just drop it in that tray. So the trays are awesome in this game. And on top of that, they still have like metal pieces. You literally have a, a gear metal piece to keep track of some of these counters and really nice plastic gems. And the boards themselves are really thick cardboard with a UV finish to them. It's really, really well done. Everything fits back in the box in a nice fashion. There's spaces for all the cards in the game with the caveat that if you do sleeve your cards, you won't be able to fit them back in the same spot, but there's enough room in the box where you can manage that. So this is a big, big pro for me. If you want to get a bang for your buck, if you're looking for a good programming game, I mean, it'll be hard pressed to find a better deal than this. And my number one point about this game, also a pro, card play is easy to understand and engaging. It's so easy to teach the game to other players. You sit down, you shuffle up the programming cards. Actually, they're called command cards in this game. You flip them up and you say, okay, pick a card. And the cards are pretty clear. Some of them have nice symbols on them and say, hey, this card's going to focus on movements. This card's going to focus on attacking. This one's going to focus on turning. And they can pick a card, drop them in the slot. And, and if they're new to the game, you'll only start with a few cards. So you it'll be, you don't want to have a lot you can, mech can do. But as you play the game, you get more and more cards. And then you'll be more comfortable with the game anyway. You can actually ramp up naturally to the game. It makes it real easy to understand the game and jump into it. The cards are also multi-use. I'm a big fan of that. Meaning that there are types of cards which you can draft and not place onto your programming slot to swap uh, slots around in case you need to change your programming for whatever reasons. Or even remove cards from your slots in case you want to heal some of that damage or... Maybe you didn't. You made a mistake when you programmed this last turn, and now you can remove that. So it makes it really fun and really engaging to change your program. And it really makes me sit down and think on how I want to maneuver this to get to the, the strategies and objectives on time. So not only is it easy to play the game, but it provides enough depth where I am I have to sit down and mull over my decisions. So that was a really quick top five list for this. Overall thoughts of this, I love this game. It's been a while since I played this game, and it's been fun returning to it after a long hiatus. It's kind of worried, like, well, how how would this stand the test of time after playing it when it came out and taking a break? And I've played quite a few pro game games between between this and and now. And I mean, how does it stand against these other programming games? Because there's a lot on the market. I'm happy to say that I think this firmly sits at my number one favorite programming game. It was back then, and I think it still is. It's a really great bang for your buck. The components are amazing. The maps and boards are fun. The scenarios are varied. It does a lot of things right. It's easy to learn. People can play like my son. He doesn't understand strategy, but he understands, hey, if I stack a bunch of these movement cards on top of each other, I see that big arrow for movement. He knows it moves. Now, he can't read the cards. I have to read it for him, but he's able to kind of understand how to play the game, just not play it well. So... I did check in. This game seems to be still available on Ride's website. I was able to add this game to my cart. I didn't go through the full process because I already own a copy. 
But I was surprised to see that, hey, they're still producing this. And at that price point, it's surprising. And now I'd like to change it over to a special guest. I mentioned earlier to the episode, I'll have a special guest on this podcast. And it's not just going to be me talking the whole time. And here it is. And now I'm here with a special guest, my son, Caleb. So Caleb, want to say hi? Hi. Okay. Caleb, how old are you? Four and a half. Four and a half. That's awesome. And so we've been playing a game a lot lately. What game is that? A robot game. Robot game? Mm-hmm. That's robot game is Mechs vs. Minions. So I want to get your opinion on the game. So what do you like about the game? Um, I love the robot game, the big guy with that axe. The big guy with the axe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is a boss miniature you can unlock at one point in the game. Why do you like that big guy with the axe? Because it's super big with a guy in it. Super big with a guy in it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's hard to beat. Yeah, he's hard to beat. Can you beat him? Yeah. Yeah, what do you do to beat him? A big explosion. You like big explosions? Yeah, because yeah. that's how I beat him because he gets lots of boo-boos. He gets lots of boo-boos? Yeah, because that's how we make him dead. Okay. So what else do you like about the game other than the big big boss? Uh, I have a big boss with those big lasers on him on his side right here. Uh-huh. Yeah. You like the lasers in the boss? Do you like something other than the boss in the game? Yeah, I love that robot with lasers on right here. Oh, you like the the one of the minis that has cool lasers on the side of him? Yeah. The rockets? That's cool. So you like the miniatures? You like to drive around? Yeah. What do you like to do about playing the game? Um, I love playing the game to fight all the bad guys in one and zero. Oh, one and zero? You like, oh, t- ten guys? Mm-hmm. Like taking on ten guys? Do you like playing with Dad? Yeah, I do, because I just play with you every day, and I like thousand minutes. Oh, you like playing with it? Thank you. I like playing with you, too. Is it fun to, s- to squish the bad guys? Yeah, to do boing, mm-hmm. then he goes away, then he comes back. Do you understand how to program the game? What do you do with the, when you get a programming card? Um... You program it to do whatever you want, then you can move around and do something if you want to. Oh, you, you, you use the card to program whatever you want to move around to do what you want to? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Anything else you want to say about the game? No. No? Okay. Do you think everyone else should play the game with you? Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Caleb, for joining me. You want to say bye-bye to everyone? Bye. Bye. I'm so thankful Caleb was able to do that sound bit for me. Hopefully you guys were able to understand him. He's only four, well, four and a half, basically, he likes to say. So he may not be the easiest to understand. Hopefully he was able to kind of translate for you guys, (laughs) for for him. But yeah, it's been surprising that he's been able to somewhat play this game. And this is going to be the design discussion I'm going to talk about, is how have I been playing a game of this nature with a four-year-old? And so let me start this from the beginning in that I played a lot of kids games with him and one of the games we've been playing over the past couple, I don't know, year or so has been Robot Turtles. Robot Turtles is a phenomenal game for kids. I highly recommend it. It's a game that's designed to teach programming to young kids and so basically that game is you have a, a robot turtle and it's a blank board. The adult can put a, a treasure on the board and put different obstacles like boxes to shove and lasers to fire and melt ice and all sorts of fun stuff like that. And the the child is supposed to lay down movement cards to try to figure out how to get that gem. It's been fun seeing his mind slowly adapt to that idea of programming. He's been doing pretty well that game. 
And so when he was downstairs in my game room, he saw this really big box and he was asking about, hey, dad, what is that box? I told him, oh, it's a big robot game. And he loves robots and Transformers, all that fun stuff. So he was naturally excited. So I'm, like I said, I'm not going to say no to my son. I'll pull the box down, open it up. He sees all the, the big toy factor, grabs some. And so I'm like, you know what? You play Robot Turtles. Let's sit down and try it. So he sat down. I set up the boards. And he let him pick his his uh, mech and had the, the minions out there and and just start playing. I didn't really teach anything about the game. Just jump right into it as fast as possible because if you guys know kids, they their attention span tends to wane pretty quickly. <laughs> so, but I'll tell you about what I did to help him play this game. So first and foremost, when I say playing the game, what I mean is mechanically playing the game. My son cannot read and he doesn't know strategy. So neither of those things are happening in this game. But by playing the game, what I mean by that is mechanically just going through the motions and, and asking me what cards do and I tell him what they do and he can make his own decisions. And so how we do it is we always play on easy mode. So each scenario has a rule box in there that says, hey, if you want an easier game, play with this rule. I always play with that with him. Also, each scenario of the game has something called escalation. So as you progress through the scenario, there'll be different triggers that will make the game harder. And for him, I don't, I throw that out. I ignore that. So I house rule that away to keep it just simpler for him to understand. It's always going to be the same thing through the whole whole time he's playing. And yes, that does make the game uh, dramatically easier, but I'm here to have fun, right, with my son. So that's fine. And so what we do is I pull the cards open. I let him pick which ones he wants. As you heard in his review, he likes doing big explosions. So there's a card in the game called Fuel Tank. He sees the fire on it. He likes to gather up those fuel tanks and make a big stack of them. He knows he can only put three cards in the slot. And then he knows that if the fuel tank takes damage, he can do a big explosion, take out lots of guys. And that's basically what he likes doing. He likes taking big, fast cards, bring up his speed. He likes to drive in the middle of guys and just explode. And he thinks it's really funny. <laughs> so he does do a few of the strategies here and there, but that's the main one he does. And he has fun doing it. And so basically, yeah, he drafts cards. He puts them down. And I'll read the card and tell him, okay, your first card's going to activate. It's going to do, it's going to let you turn. You can turn left or right. You can pick. And he'll take his, his mech and I'll turn it. And the next card will say, hey, you can move two to four spaces. And then he'll move two to four spaces. So I'm telling him what his card's doing. He just does it. Now, granted, a lot of times the mech will drive into walls or do things you probably shouldn't do. It's very suboptimal play style. But like I said, he's having fun. That's all that matters. <laughs> so... There's one thing I've been noticing about this game with him is the earlier scenarios tend to have a lot more open space and the later scenarios tend to have more confined areas and more obstacles to avoid and it gets pretty complex and challenging and I would say the later scenarios he's not really doing very well in those I'm having to help him more than I would like to and so I might jump back to the earlier scenarios with him just because those are more of an open area. The nice thing about the open area is because he's not planning a strategy ahead of time, he can still move his mech around and do things without having to be blocked by a wall. Because all those walls in the game, they stop movement, stop attacks, and stuff like that. And it just, it doesn't make his program line effective. And so that's one thing I would recommend if you do play this with kids or try to do something similar with kids, is make sure they have fun with it. Make sure they can do stuff and that having that big open area and bringing it down real easy for for that stuff. Ignoring the escalation so it keeps it very static. They know what to expect. They know how turn structures go. It's been been going really well with him. I've also had a lot of luck just playing co-ops with my son because 
uh, it's really hard to teach kids the, how to win and lose graciously. But the co-op, we are winning and losing together. And if we lose together, it doesn't bother him. If we win together, he has a lot of fun. I've played other games with him with a win-loss. I'm still kind of working through that. If if he wins, it's it's fine. But if dad wins, he, he may not like that. So that's another reason why this game is going over so well with him. With the big toy factor, I can make it easier for him. I can tell him what the cards do. He can make his own decisions. So would I recommend Mech's First Minions for kids? No, I would not say that. It's been working with my son, but every kid's different. And I wouldn't necessarily push kids to trying these bigger games necessarily if they're not ready for it. I tend to be very open with my game shelf and my son wants to see what's inside a box. I will always open up any box for him to let him look inside. I think that's totally fine. I want him to feel comfortable and understanding about how games work. And I want to foster that interest in games because honestly, I would love to play with him when he's older. But the big thing about Mechs vs. Minions I've been noticing is I've been able to take these more advanced games I play uh, with other gamers and other, other adults and be able to adjust the rules in such a way that's fun for him. And so if that means uh, being, being very loose with the rules, it's been great. Like Just make it so that he can understand the basics, ideas of turns, and how to mechanically execute the game. It seems to work pretty well. Now, granted, we still have his kids' games, and he can play those. Like, where's Mr. Wolf he likes? Or like I said before, Robot Turtles he can play with normal rules. And we have a few other kids' games that work fine with him as well. But I want to share my experience with all our listeners because I've been very surprised at how much a kid can actually digest when it comes to playing games if you're willing to flub the rules. The other benefit to playing games with my son is oftentimes to say, hey, let's go work on your your." letters are your numbers and he doesn't want to do that but he wants to play a game and guess what as we're playing the game what is two plus two or hey what does this say what letter is here and it's been a great way to sneak into that learning while he doesn't quite realize what's going on while playing a game anyway i hope you enjoy this episode i'm curious what you think about more of a solo episode and including my son as a little bit of commentary if you like this format let me know and i'll do some more lookbacks into older games But thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the next stop. Thanks for listening to another episode of the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Please check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. If you want to reach out to us, the best place to talk to us all is on the Slack. See the show notes for details. Also, you can support us on Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash one stop. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week with another Top 5 list.